Now you can talk about how awesome their makeup was. Yeah. So Casper, your makeup was amazing. And you're like the, the one that you have on your Facebook profile now looks fantastic. I um I didn't do that. So it was like our makeup team. Um, and this year they implemented since it was like pseudo stranger things, they would do all of these like black vines that would be like and like black veins that would be taking over you, but also this like weird trippy eighties oh. makeup. So it was just this Ooh. super fun combo of these like bright psychedelic colors on top of like like buried underneath just this like grotesque black oozing shit that was like taking over you. It was really fun. I like it. They also implemented so, a lot of um, black light in the house. And so they would like use colors ooh. that would like interact with that and use like glow in the dark paint too. So that <sighs> was super, super fun. I would glow up like a fucking glow stick. It was awesome. Oh, that sounds fun. Hey, let's, uh, let, we should intro the show maybe. Maybe. Okay. Hi. No. Uh, you're listening to Mile 13. Yeah. <laughs> that's where you're at right now. That's that's where you are. My name is Kim. That's Jackie. That's Casper back from hiatus. I'm although back. Uh, we've managed to spread out our shows a little bit so that they weren't really gone for that long. Yeah. One episode. <laughs> Thanks to Yeah. Uh, as far as you know, they weren't gone for very long, but they've actually been gone for like two months. Yeah. But I missed you so much. I missed you too, guys. So, I'm so we were sorry. talking about Casper's super awesome makeup for for their haunt yeah how did it go with uh like being in the big boss in charge it was really really good it took me a hot second to get used to being in charge of like that kind in that kind of situation um it was a lot of stress Mm. and a lot of anxiety um but by the end of season I was I was pretty good and I was figuring out what I was doing and uh yeah it actually ended up really well and um we ended up having a cast party and there was this um the last couple of weeks we did these appreciation notes where people could like write either anonymously or like put their name on it, whatever they wanted. Um, but like write appreciation notes for people. And at the cast party, we put them up on a wall and I was like shocked with how many notes I had of like people just like thanking Aww. me and saying all this stuff. And so like, I like cried because of how sweet these notes were. Um, so did yeah. you get to keep them? I did. Yes. Aw, so now when you're having a bad day, you can, like, go back through and look at them and be like, no, I'm actually pretty awesome. No, kind I'm of a big good. deal. It's fine. I'm kind of a big deal. It's fine. <laughs> Their job title was the big kahuna. Ooh, I like it. No, my job mm. title was the little kahuna, actually. Oh, well. The mini kahuna. Yeah, the mini kahuna. <laughs> That's what my job title was. So, oh, what, so what, so now you're just back to normal, boring life? Yeah, pretty much. And it's a weird downturn of events where it's just like nothing bad has happened, but to go from like that level of just like high intensity, because like at the end of October, we were performing every single night. Um, and so like, oh yeah, every night of just like high intensity, I got so, so sick. I got pneumonia actually. Um, and was like dying of pneumonia, so tripped out on drugs, but like still performing my hardest and like to go from that level to intensity, just like straight back down to like normal nine to five is a weird whirlwind. Does your regular work schedule change during haunt? It only bounces an hour earlier. I would like normally do like eight to four, but during haunt season, I do seven to three. That's the only difference. You work from, so like you, you don't get to sleep. Like yeah. you work until a haunt goes till what, like 11 or 12 at night. Yep. And then you go home and sleep for like three hours and get up and go to work. Yep. 
That's exactly what my schedule was. That's why you got pneumonia because you're not giving your body a rest. That and also working incredibly physically hard in like damp, moldy, dusty conditions and being exposed to the general public. It's just we, every person gets sick and we call it the haunt plague. And when one person gets it, it just rockets through the entire cast. No one's safe. Everyone's going to get it. Ooh. I mean, it makes sense because everyone's in such close quarters and you're literally like breathing in each other's into, faces. That makes yeah. me not want to go to a haunt then because all of you sick freaks are breathing in my face. It makes me think there's an element of actual danger. <laughs> there was actually um, the one the one cast person. Uh, her name was Dana. She got more sick than I, I was. Uh, she actually coughed up blood at one point, but we think <sighs> she's fine. We think she's fine. I haven't heard back Minor from her, tuberculosis. It's no big think deal. she's fine. But anyway, she was performing, and she was in a very, like, like noticeable spot. Like, her act was to, like, set up stories. So, like, people could see her. And so she was doing her bit, and she got a coughing attack in the middle of the bit. So she started coughing and just turned, like, put it as part of her act. And it got so bad that she ended up, like, coughing up phlegm into her own hands and the quote that the guy the like like customers were standing in front of her and the quote that will stick to me uh with me to this day is that they looked at her and just went oh that's foul (laughs) (laughs) well and we're like (sighs) i bet they were freaked out though yeah, I, this this makes me never want to go to a haunt. Like, <laughs> there's real danger. Ooh. We're all it's dying. like sick adult mold danger is different from the kid danger that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. It's fine. We're all dying. Yeah, we're all dying. So. Oh, you look good. Thanks. I'm all healthy now. I uh, got on some pretty strong mm. antibiotics, so over the pneumonia, so that's all good. Nice. Your pompadour is extra floofy too. Yeah, it was recently cut, so we're all good. I dig right. it. Jackie has life. Um, I am currently going off of four hours of sleep. Feel that. Why that is life. that, Jackie? Ooh, 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 ooh. Um, sorry, I'm I'm literally kind of hallucinating. Um, so we went to a concert, Kim and I, yesterday, and it was Mongolian metal. And it's called who, 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 it was who, called the who. Who, 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 who. And you have to chant who, who. Who, 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 and who, we who, love them who. so much. Yeah, I'm just gonna join in. I want to be <laughs> yeah, well. You know, like that post-concert high that you get. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I just I wanted to be part That's of the fun, guys. It's fine. They <laughs> were actually they were amazing. All of their oh. shows are selling out. Um, the so the venue that we were at, what I, they only had 500 tickets available. They mm-hmm. sold out. Um, but this band has played, like I read and uh, I don't remember if it was 9,000 or 90,000, but even 9,000 is a lot of people. They played a show in Germany for like 9,000 people. Crap. So, and we got to see them in a very intimate setting and it was so good. I don't know how somebody can be so hardcore and adorable at the same time, <laughs> but they killed it because they don't speak English. And so there's a little bit of a communication barrier, you know, like when bands are talking in between shows or whatever. Mm. And so they would, do you want to do it, Jackie? Because you do it really well. After every song, they would go, thank you. (laughs) Every single song they finished, thank you. It was adorable. I love that. And then you'd be like, you ready to dance? Yeah. And they would just say like one sentence like that in between songs. next song, you for you for you. And then, and then at the, I don't know if it's if like encores are an American thing. And Jackie talked about this last night. She's like, I wonder if nobody bothered to tell them that like you should save one song back for your encore. 
because they sang their entire repertoire of songs. <laughs> like it's their it's their first album. So they sang all of their songs and nobody was leaving and they were just like who 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 and then so they came back on and they did one of their like their major single again and then at the end like the lead singer goes okay that's it go home <laughs> <laughs> It was so cute but it was I don't think that they meant it to be cute but it was it was very sweet Yeah they're so talented and I love them so much and they're going to they're they're going to be a big name you watch well, like they're going to they're be They're already big cuz um there is a uh Star Wars video game that just came out I guess Sure. I'll know if you know about it Casper Strozen. Okay. Oh no you're not. You're just sitting <laughs> very just oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I I haven't heard of any like Star Wars game. I know a lot of games but nothing uh, well, specifically Brandon, Sp- Star Wars. Um, Brandon's playing, I don't know what it's called, but you know Shameless? Yes. The TV show Shameless? Yeah. Ian, he is the main character. Oh, okay, cool. Like, they base it off of him. Um, but the opening to the video game is whoever Ian's playing, he's walking and listening to music, and it it's The Who. Ah. So, I mean, they're in a major yeah. video game. Yeah, and they're so, so good. Cool. And they're, they seem so down to earth, and they're very, like... We they they were named official ambassadors of Mongolia. Wow! Like by the government, by the Mongolian government. It's, so it's they're very fine. down no, to earth. No very, big deal. Like, Mini Kahuna's. It's fine. Right. Yeah. First album. Yeah. Ambassadors to Mongolia. Yeah. yeah like they're fine. They're, it's fine. They're, I do cool stuff too, guys. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jackie. Jackie got home. What time did you get home? About twelve midnight. Yeah, we got home at midnight, and I wake up at. Four. And then I forgot that we were recording tonight. So I <laughs> I had a post work nap planned for right about now. Um Yeah, how's that post work nap going Yay. for you right now? <laughs> um I think my brain has shut off are, but my eyes are open. Maybe make some coffee before you go. Just got it. There you go. Perfect. Check and check. In a who mug. But not an H-U mug, a W-H-O yeah. Dr. Look, Seuss mug. It's Dr. Seuss who. Oh. Oh. Okay, listen. If you are a listener, and Jackie, you might be able to do this. I don't know. I don't know if you're artistic. St- you probably can do it. I would like for a very talented artistic listener to go find the who H-U's photograph and draw them as who's <gasps> W-H-O as Dr. Seuss. Casper, someone please do this. Casper, that is your homework this week. You have oh to no, draw the who I didn't know as I would who's. get homework. And we're going to send it to them. I wouldn't have come back yeah. if I knew I would get homework. Because we love them. <laughs> Somebody asked me how I'm doing. Kim, Kim how, are how are you feeling? I passed anatomy and physiology. Yay! Whoa. We always knew you would. I... I got a B on my final. Oh, nice. Nice. I'm not going to tell you how I did it. Did you cheat? Suffice to say that I did it. <laughs> all that matters. Because <laughs> this is being recorded for all of posterity. But I did it. You did it. All on her own. At least is what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, should we insert the crickets there? Because uh, it, uh, it was definitely all on my own. Kim, say, yeah, and say, say into the mic clearly. It was all on my own. And we're very proud I of you. I received no help from my husband or the internet. Absolutely none. Uh, 
But uh, we're sticking with C's get degrees. I got an A in one class, an A in the other class, and a C and A and P. But that's all that matters. I can continue on with my course of study. You passed, and, and that's that, all and that matters. That's really all yeah. that matters. I I just I got a C. You're talking. It was a solid C too. Like it was like a seventy four. A nice hmm. solid C. You're talking to the kid who spent their entire college career living off of C's. So you're fine. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I. But honestly, like at one point I was failing, like I legit did not. I was afraid that I was not going to pass. I had resigned myself to the fact that I was going to have to take this class again. But by some miracle, which I know what the miracle is. You use your brains. You probably know what the miracle is. Cocaine. It's, def- it's no? definitely cocaine. Does that give you more energy? That's what yeah. I hear, but I don't do it. <laughs> the miracle starts with a G and ends with an E, and I'm going to leave it there. So, uh, Use your brains, anyway, kids. moving on. So that's my, that's the only thing that's. Wait, what's, and what? Starts with G, ends in E. Don't worry, mm-hmm. she'll get there and eventually. She passed tests in anatomy and physiology. Yeah, she's sleep deprived. She, she's sleep deprived. She'll get there at I, some point. I, ooh, there's an ooh in the middle of it. Anyway, goo. Would you just stop talking? <laughs> no. Don't get me in trouble with my professor that doesn't listen to my show. Anyway, was it me, <laughs> Jackie? I'll Jackie, tell, I'll we made doodles of them at some point. <laughs> there, oh my God. there she is. Kim wrote it down. Okay. All right. Anyway, not going. I was not getting it. Uh, clearly. All right. Anyway, Jackie, what are we talking about today? We are talking about. Canyon del Shay, um, and it's located in the Navajo Nation in Arizona. And Jackie picked our topic this week. Yeah, she's actually been here. Yep. So this is a two-parter, right? Yeah, probably two yeah, parts. Tra- probably. Two-parter. So, so Jackie and I have research today, and then Casper and Jackie will have research next show. Yes. All right. So Canyon del Shay National Park is owned by the Navajo Tribal Trust of the Navajo Nation. Which is a really fancy way to say that the Navajo own the park. Um, and it's the only U.S. park that's owned and managed this way. And for about 40 families actually still live in the park. There's a reservation. Oh, that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. A Navajo reservation on the park. Um, it is, it's, it's a big area. Like they own, um, I think it's, it's over 16 million acres. Uh, the Navajo Nation mm-hmm. itself. Yeah, it, it, like well, just the Canyon de Shea part of the Navajo, like the part of oh. that part of the country that they own, is over sixteen million acres. So it's it's pretty big. That's I do a know, big I think Nav- Yeah, I think it's one of the biggest um, reservations in it the country. Might the be biggest. the biggest. I think it's the biggest. I yeah. just don't want to commit to that. Yeah, but only four. About forty families live in the park, um, but there are obviously many families that live in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, Canyon de Chez is one of the longest continually inhabited, inhabited landscapes in North America. The original inhabitants lived there about 2,000 to 2,500 B.C. Holy Ooh. crap. So that was a long time ago. Yeah. Like pre-Columbus. Yeah. Um, I know we talked to and- about this before when we talked about um, like Native Americans that like I just cannot get my brain around the fact that like America, it, like as a continent and like humanity as a like a civilization was existing in BC times in America. Yeah, like it's such mm-hmm. a weird I, yeah, I concept have a hard time to with, me. 
I have a hard time with that too, because when do either of you know when Pangea split apart? Mm, not off the top of my um, head. It it was a really long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> because I always I just I just you're I'm the same way. Like I don't think about it. I would think about in 2000 and 2500 BC. I think of like that's Pangea, but that's yeah. not Pangea. Wait, I don't so, think. So, I the Native Americans come when the continent was no because people weren't around then what i thought they came here when um alaska and russia were connected and then people traveled down that way and got they to may America. have but i don't know but they were here um people were living there in 2000 to 2500 bc mm-hmm. in the uh southern part of the united states blows my oh, mind should, where is canyon de Chay? we didn't even say like where it is it's in arizona Correct? Yeah. yeah, we did. It's, yeah. Um, it's near the Four Corners region. Right. Yeah. And it's in the, I think it's in the Arizona part of, yes. yeah. So, um, so pretty far from Alaska and Russia. It's pretty far. Even in well, Pangea yeah. standards, it's pretty it's a far. a good little trek. <laughs> Take a couple days. Yeah, it was, it was a little it bit take, It took so a back hot then, second. Just like a cup, uh, a hot <laughs> second. Yeah. It so, was a hop and a skip. Yeah, hot second. Back hike. then, uh, the people that lived in the area were hunter gatherers. But then, in about 200 BC, those people began to learn farming, and then they became more sedentary. So they started to like settle in little towns and stuff. And then, from about 750 to 1300 AD, uh, we had the Anasazi, and um, who uh, we call them the Anasazi. The Navajo Nation calls them the Ancients, uh, which is basically what Anasazi means, mm. the Ancient Ones. Uh, they built stone houses into the side of the cliffs. Um, and cool. I think one of you is probably going to talk about the White House. Uh, it's one of the most mm-hmm. famous parts of the Canyon de Chez. Yeah, well, because the White House, I, I saw a little bit about this, but um, it's one of the few, it might be the only area where travelers can openly go into the base of the canyon. Oh yeah, it's I know very this. strictly. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have like a Navajo guide with you yeah. if you go because that's where the families live, and it's kind of like sacred land for them. Yeah, and that's where um, I had gone when we were in Arizona. So we oh, hiked nice. down, and I mean, if we do talk about this, they probably won't cover the stuff. But um, when so I went with Bren, oh, and cool. um, you walk. And you start kind of up on the ridge, and because it's not government regulated, because it's not there's no government sure. enforcing yeah. anything, and so you walk. I don't know how far down it was, but I mean it was it was a canyon, so it was a lot. And so you walk back and forth, and it's the path is about three feet wide, and you have a straight up um, cliff face, straight drop to whatever's below, and. It was um, it was a couple mile hike down. It was probably an hour and a half down, hour and a half back up. Was and it the same back up? The mm-hmm. and the reason I ask is because Steve has mentioned, like he hiked the Grand Canyon once, mm-hmm. and they tell you what do not attempt to go down and back in one day because it's real easy to go downhill, like real hard down to go back into up. the ca- canyon. But they said it's it's deceptively easy because it takes yeah. it, it only takes a few hours to go down to the floor, but then to come back up, it's like eight to ten hours because you're going uphill. Yeah. I this, I don't remember. 
This oh, reminds me a lot about um, I. So my sister teaches at an international school in Honduras and I went to go visit her and we went on this really, really cool hike in this um, park. I think it's called um, Pua, I think it's called um, or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but at this park, it has this waterfall hike where you hike down the like side of a cliff into a waterfall. And like it like is very similar to that where it was like a tiny like maybe like two foot across path that was like all misted over with water, just, like sheer drop to the mm-hmm. rocks below. Nothing but like a rope next to you to protect you. Um, and I very distinctly yeah. remember we were swimming in a tide pool and the, our guide who spoke very, very broken English um, he looked specifically at me and says, are you ready to do the big one? And I went, what do you mean the <laughs> big one? And he points up above and there was a like outcropping of rock that was maybe like 10 feet above us. And he was like the big one. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready to do the big one. And so we climb up there and uh, we're up on top and he points ahead. And like, because it was a waterfall, there was this beautiful rainbow that was going across the tide pool. And he oh, goes, me. jump to the middle of the rainbow. And I go, what happens if I don't hit the middle of the rainbow? And he just goes, jump to the middle of the rainbow. No, <laughs> oh. just repeats it. Just, just don't oh. worry about it. Just jump to the middle of the rainbow. You'll be fine. And I was just do it. Just do it. Was it. Fine. But yeah. did you make it? Oh you yeah, made it no, to I made it. To the, I made it to the middle of the rainbow. What I didn't expect was how, like, when you hit a wa- water at that impact. It like it hurts, but like not to the not what you're expecting. It like the impact instantly makes your arms and legs not know how to function. So you just instantly start sinking and you have to be like, oh, oh, God, I have to swim to the surface now. Um, <laughs> Whoa. So that's the scariest part where you're like, my arms and legs won't work because of the force I hit the water with. Um, mm-hmm. But other that's than that, it's, uh, it's really, really fun. So note to self, if you ever jump off of a waterfall, <laughs> bind your arms and legs to work. Convince your arms and legs <laughs> a mental to note. be arms and legs again and function. Yeah. Oh, no, thanks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of similar, like with the cliff face. Um, but when we went down, we didn't bring water. Oh. So we, we thought we were going to die. Why would you it's do cool. that? Because I was like... A sophomore in college? I don't know. Um, but you get down there, and they... So there was maybe 10 people that we saw the entire time. Mm. On, so there was... It was no one there. You get to the base of the canyon, and there were families that had tents set up that were, like, selling knives and... Like Navajo families? Yeah. Cool. Oh, cool. There was, like, four or five tents. Um, we hiked down, and I saw one of them drive up in a truck, <laughs> and I was so mad. <laughs> I was so angry. But they they probably live over yeah, there. Yeah, I I'm mean, not you're like hiking in their backyard. Yeah, but you, so you know, you're kind of hiking in their home. So I think you kind of have to earn your keep a little bit. I and mean, sure passive aggressive. Like, oh, you made they us. were totally laughing at you. Oh, like, we'll these white girls. <laughs> you made us move. We'll make you hike. <laughs> you did what? To, it's anyway. yeah. only oh, we're going to talk about that. It's only fair. Yeah. Mm, but he like beeps at you on the way by. Hey, ladies! <laughs> it's like F, have fun on the way back up. Oh yeah, the nice ones. <laughs> um, but yeah. So if you hike down there, you can look up. And I I went to several different ruins, and they're very common in this canyon. And it was the um what you had said with the A and, and Anas- the Anasazi Anasazi. Uh, and there was these towns that were just built into the cliff face, and it mm-hmm. it was just flat rock. 
and then a city just carved in, That's and it was so cool, so pretty. And you're sitting in this canyon. It 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 was unbelievable. Well, and the really interesting thing is that they didn't live there all the time. Hmm. Um, they were they they built these cities, but they were also sort of nomadic. The Anasazi were, so they would like go on months long hunts and stuff, and then come back. So it was more of like a seasonal city. Um, which I thought was kind of neat. And then, but then from uh, in uh, the 1200s, there was a, a big drought. And so the Anasazi basically like became what the tribe that was known as the Pueblo. Um, so the Pueblo tribes that had been living in the area moved on most of them in the 1200s. Um, eventually the people that stayed became the, or the uh, people that left became the Hopi Indians and they mm-hmm. settled along the Colorado river, but then they would occasionally still go back to Canyon de but by then, the Navajo had moved in, like, in the late 1600s, early 1700s. Hmm. So mm-hmm. we have this area, and we're setting up now for a lot of skirmishes. Yeah. Um, there, so, the, it, you know, the Anasazi had been here, and then they kind of became, kind of morphed into the Pueblo, who split and became the Pueblo and Hopi, and then the Navajo moved in. So you have all of these competing tribes mm-hmm. meeting in this one area, and it kind of becomes a little bit of a turf war. And I'm sure it's difficult, too, because it's a canyon. Like, you're kind of pushed into each other. Yep. So then you're forced to just kind of be on top of each other, pretty much. Yeah. Well, and it's it's an interesting place. Yeah, it's an interesting place to have skirmishes, too. Because if you can get the high ground, like, you're basically trapping the people that are down below you. So Yeah, if you're you're down below, you're basically fucked. Yeah, basically. I, I never would have thought about that, like being fort. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so, um, and then in addition to the, this kind of the battles between the various tribes, then Spanish colonists came up Uh-oh. from um, Mexico. That's not and good. And so they were kind of trying to settle the area. So you had the, the various Native American tribes. Then you had the Spanish come in and they're fighting with, this tribe, that tribe, who are fighting with each other. So it was not a great, uh, it was not a great time. In mm-hmm. 1805, there was a day-long battle between the Spanish and the Navajo. By the end of the day, 115 Navajo had died. And you can visit that location now. It's called Massacre Cave, interestingly enough. Oh, that's a fun So name. kind of like what we were talking about. Yeah, I was like, that's a really dark... I mean, that's why, because I mean, happened, that's what they did. They The Spanish managed to get the better footing, and they managed to get the Navajo backed into this cave, and, and they then just, just killed, them, killed all. them all. Yep. Um, now, by the time, so that was 1805. By the time of the Civil War, the Navajo was the largest nation in the Southwest and was kind of fighting everybody. But one of their biggest problems was a frontier soldier by the name of Kit Carson. Wait, a single person was their biggest problem? He he was, he's kind of a big deal. <laughs> Kit Carson was, he's, he's kind, in the army. Would you maybe say he's the big kahuna? <laughs> <laughs> and he's I, the big kahuna to your little kahuna? Would he maybe he's, be? He's definitely at least a medium kahuna. Would he maybe be the mini kahuna? <laughs> He's he's at least a medium okay. kahuna. So <laughs> he had many different uh, like jobs. I guess he was a frontiersman. He was in the army. He was just like a settler, just like a 
you know, like back during this time when the West was still wild, like that was what he did. Like he went out West and rounded up Indians Mm -hmm. and killed them and like, or didn't kill them, but killed some, enslaved some, and was a settler frontier Never mind. I take it back. I don't want to be compared to him in any way, shape or form. He is not a kahuna. (laughs) I take it back. Yeah. He's, he's not, he's not like the greatest. Yeah. He's, he's definitely not hero in this story and some other stories. Maybe he was a hero, but not as far as our story. Not a kahuna. On your perspective. Yes. Uh, so he, um, yeah, Kit Carson was not a great guy. He rounded up the Native Americans and sent them to reservations, but he was having some trouble with the Navajo, um, partially because there were so many of them, and like he could only get so many reinforcements. Because remember, everybody wanted this part of the country. Like the Spanish wanted it, the Indians wanted it, the mm-hmm. the Americans from back east wanted it. Like everybody wanted to develop this part of the country. It was the Wild West for a reason. Um, in January 1863. Um, the Navajo had already been doing battle with a tribe called the Ute Indians, uh, who actually were kind of working for Kit Carson. Uh, Kit basically, like, bribed them um, and said, you know, we'll we'll give you these lands or whatever. Like, we'll go easy on you if you help us defeat the Navajo uh, because they're really causing us a problem. So um, the Navajo had already been doing battle with them. They were kind of worn down. And so in January, now, mind you, the weather can get kind of nasty. Like, it can still get pretty cold, and it can even snow in some parts of the canyon and in this area in the wintertime. So it was mm. not, like, temperate like we, we usually think of in Arizona. Um, Carson had 389 men with him. A lot of the Navajo Nation had already left, and the white guys basically just went through the canyon, destroying homes and forcing the remaining Navajo into an area known as Fortress Rock where they had stockpiled some supplies because they, you know, remember they had been fighting with the Utes, so they had a backup. Things, yeah, things mm-hmm. were not great for them right now. Um, and then, there, but there wasn't enough to get through the winter, so a lot of the Navajo gave up, and then by 19, or 1864, Kit Carson accepted the largest Native American surrender in history, And nearly 8,000 people began what would become known as the Long Walk. Oh. So, in 1864, Kit Carson forced 8,000 Navajo to walk from the Canyon de Chez area to Fort Sumter, which is about 400 miles. They did it in 18 days. Wait, so how many miles is that a day? Uh, Someone do the math. Right now on your phone. 32-ish? Yeah. Like 35, I would say 34, 33.5 miles. I'd be really impressed 22. if you're right. You were <laughs> not. It, it, was a, it was a little over 22 miles a day that they walked. I'm on four hours of sleep. I can't math. It, it was a yeah, valiant effort. But that's still I can't a math lot regardless. of miles to walk a day. 22. And you have to remember that these are, the people that were there were either um, like the, there were a few warriors, like proud warriors that had stayed that were like, these are our lands, yeah. we're going to stay and defend them. Or people that couldn't, a lot of the times it was people that couldn't leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That like they couldn't go, they were too old or frail or young and or whatever yeah. to be able to leave. So there were a lot of deaths mm-hmm. um, on the long walk. And the soldiers who uh, led them really didn't have any sympathy 
um, I found an, a, a, like a story that was passed through generations that said, it was said that those ancestors were on the long walk with their daughter who was pregnant and about to give birth. The daughter got tired and weak and couldn't keep up with the others or go further because of her condition. So my ancestors asked the army to hold up for a while and to let the woman give birth, but the soldiers wouldn't do it. They forced my people to move on, saying that they were getting behind the others. The soldier told the parents that they had to leave their daughters behind. Your daughter's not going to survive anyway. Sooner or later, she's going to die, they said in their own language. Go ahead, the daughter said to her parents. Things might come out all right with me. But the poor thing was mistaken, my grandparents used to say. Not long after they had moved on, they heard a gunshot from, uh, from where they had been a short time ago. And, you know, this, and this is just one case of this lady who there was nothing wrong with her except that she was pregnant and she went into labor on this 400-mile mm-hmm. walk and they shot her just because she couldn't keep up. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I so it was, yeah. Oh, I don't like that. It, it, the like soldiers did not treat the Navajo well. Mm-hmm. They did not have compassion. They beat them. They brutalized them. So the did women the were soldiers raped. walk as well? Or were like the soldiers like on horseback or something like that? Oh, no, they had horses. Okay. No, they had horse, horses. And I mean, some of them might have walked, but they were, I'm sure they had horses. Um, so it was, it, it was not, it was not a pleasant not a good time. experience mm-hmm. for anybody. Um, yeah. And, you know, the soldiers didn't want to be, probably didn't want to be doing it either. Like, this is not like a cushy assignment. So they probably, I'm sure they took it out on mm-hmm. the Navajo. Um, they probably got frustrated because the Navajo didn't necessarily know their language. And so they would give orders and commands and the the Navajo people didn't understand what they wanted. And so they couldn't comply. And then the soldiers would get angry and beat them or whatever. And uh, so it was just, um, it was not, mm-hmm. not great. For eight to um, eventually eight to nine thousand people. I think I read um, the maximum, like at the high point, uh, the area that they settled in at Fort Sumter had nine thousand twenty-two people. Uh, they oh, would wow. be settled in an area of about forty square miles. That's a lot so. of people hmm. for not a lot of space. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. I was trying to think of like how big is our town. Like the town of, of, well, even Dayton. Dayton um, has a few million people in it. Really? Right? I would think. No? You don't think so? Someone Google it. No? Okay. <laughs> Are you talking to us or the listeners? Um, both? Because I, I think Beaver Creek is like 70,000. Population of Dayton, Ohio is... Oh, yeah, no. Huh, I was way off. The population of Dayton is 140,000. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's <laughs> millions of people here. Casper, how big Chicago? Uh, I don't know. Let me look it up. Way bigger. I'm going to guess way bigger. If Kim guesses, she's going to say 80 billion. <laughs> 2.716 million. Okay, so... A little, so over, like, we'll say two and a half million, a little over. It's you like, were thinking Dayton was Chicago's <laughs> side size. Can we? So a we, little sorry, over We need two, to pause and appreciate the fact that Kim thought that Dayton was Chicago's I mean, 40, 40 square miles actually is not bad. <laughs> yeah, she's, 
She's so dedicated to Dayton that in her no, mind she's Kim, like, "No, it's just you're so rarely so wrong. We have to take advantage of the situation and <laughs> mock you for it." Yeah. So Chicago, actually, forty square miles for like not eight to nine thousand people is not bad because Chicago has two hundred and thirty-four square miles for and over you two have million people, two, like almost three million people. Yeah. So 40 square miles is really It's actually not that bad. I can't figure out how time and space works. It's fine. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. It's fine. Yeah, so it's really not that bad. So I'm really curious. How big is Dayton? Dayton is 56 and a half square miles. Oh. So 40 square miles is actually pretty good. Because I feel like Dayton, we're not living on top of each other. I don't think. Oh, no. So 40 square miles for like 9,000 people, that's, that's pretty good. But but bear in mind that they suffered a lot to get there. So uh, we sound trite, like, well, oh, it's only a few thousand people in 40 square so miles. So the 40 square miles, what what exactly was the 40 square miles? Fort Sumter. It was the area of Fort Sumter where they were, like, their reservation, basically, on Fort Sumter. Uh, that's the reservation today, kind no, of? No, that's where they went. So they... Where's Fort Sumter? It's like 400 miles from home, basically. Oh, is did where they, come they were back? taken. Yes, and I was going to get to that. So oh, on patience, June 18th, Jackie, 1868. Jesus. Well, <laughs> uh, there's one. I, I have one, and that's the bullet that I was going to talk about. <laughs> so on 18 or June 18th, 1868, four years after they left, the Navajo were allowed to return to the canyon, and they were given 3.5 million acres, which they have since managed to increase to 16 million. Mm. It's a lot. So in yeah. what, 150 a lot. years ish? Yeah. And that's one thing. So there was two summers in a row where I had gone and I'd worked out on the Navajo reservation. And when you go there, it is very spaced out. Like we would drive for about 45 minutes and you would hit. Um, we So we stayed in Winslow where like the Eagle song is. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> there's literally nothing there except a big Eagles like shrine. That's I've been to Winslow, Arizona. Oh, there's okay. like a drugstore. <laughs> yeah, a drugstore. Yeah. Um, pretty and much a big it. Eagle shrine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, like one five billboard. minutes away from the reservation for, oh, okay. from the start of it. And so we would go out and we would do work on the reservation, and there'd be like minutes between houses, and everything is so spread out. And at least on the edges, it's um, a pretty impoverished area, but it, yeah. So would you say that the Navajo reservation is the like biggest of all the reservations? I believe so. I think so. It either is or close to it. 16 million acres Mm -hmm. is pretty big. Mm -hmm. Just curious, but, but yeah, um, was that all your story? That's it. So that's oh, cool. the a brief history of the Navajo Nation in Canyon de Chelly. Lot whoop, of a lot of bad stuff. Little bit of good. Little bit of good, but mostly bad. By good, you mean they were allowed to come back after being gone for four years? Then yeah. I I was more so <laughs> talking about the really cool relics of the like villages inside the mountains and like built into that. Like that's cool. Architecturally, it is very cool. That's more so of the little yeah. bit of good and the fact that they were allowed to come back. That's cool, but mostly bad. Yeah, it was I, mostly bad. And I'm sure we'll talk more about Navajo culture over mm-hmm. the next like episode and a half. Yeah, and but that, I didn't really get too much into it, but. That is one really good thing with the reservation is a lot of stuff is um, still there. Like 
there's a lot of um, like civilizations like the White House. Uh, and I, I've been to a few of them. I don't remember the names. But they're thousand, like at least a thousand years old and still in really good shape and held up really well. And I think it, there's a lot of, um, it's kind of sad when you go to the, res- the reservation because there's a lot of their culture that was lost. Mm. And so a lot of these people um, aren't, they're not set up for success. And when you go to the reservation, there's a lot of poverty and it's kind of a downward spiral, but spiral, but people are now trying to get the language back. Cause when you go there, like a lot of people don't know, well, almost everyone doesn't know the language unless you get really deep in there. Um, but they're working to preserve the religion, the language and like the ancient stuff that's still there. Cool. Well, one of the interesting things that is that, sense. like, yeah. I know from a friend of mine who works at um, the Museum of Science and Industry here in the uh, here in the city, um, that there is a huge, huge, big push about like pushing back about um, like giving culture back to the Native Americans, especially in the city right now. Um, there's a whole big like new yeah. exhibit, mm-hmm. and like they're redoing all of the like current exhibits to like re-educate culture and to like basically re-educate our view of the like savage native american and like no they had like civilizations and cultures and these beautiful beautiful lands that like we have known nothing about because we're dumbasses who just erased it all um (laughs) but like one of the stories i remember that um my friend hannah who's the one i'm talking about told me was the museum tried to give back a whole bunch of baskets that they were like these are culturally significant to you let's give you these baskets back and the tribe was like those are like full of asbestos and other things we don't want. Please keep them. <laughs> yeah, don't assume that just because we made baskets, the, like they're not culturally they're significant. They're not culturally no, significant. And we don't bins. want them back. You can keep them. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, there's no, like good. the giant big totem poles that are like in the middle of the um in the middle of the lobby and the museum was like, "We'll give them back to you." And people were like, "Where would we put them?" <laughs> like you c- like on the side of the road yeah like, like you can yeah. keep them because this is at least like teaching people about our culture and like at least like keeping us in the public eye we don't necessarily mm-hmm. want these back i just found it very very humorous that like we're trying but it's kind of like misguided trying where it's like we're trying really hard aren't we doing good and they're like kind of i mean thanks <laughs> thanks for playing a for yeah. effort there <laughs> yeah it i i never really thought about the fact that um i mean obviously the native americans were native but all of our history is european and then it's like oh well we're gonna go through this like one class one day we'll talk about the native americans yes. like well yeah you don't they really were learn about in them the, in the middle of our native. like american history like so like American history class. We're going to talk about the Native Americans one day. Just one day. Thanksgiving. Yeah, we don't like to own up to our mistakes. Yeah. Well, oh, are we talking about Native Americans because Thanksgiving's coming up? Are we? That's the one oh, time you talk about them in class. Oh, whoops. Whoops. Well, like, we didn't plan this very well, did we? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> no, that's not why we're talking about it. We just, it It'll just, be released in like a month, so yeah, it won't even matter. <laughs> Merry Christmas. planning on our part. Mm. All right. So, yeah. what do you got for us? Yes. Um, 
So, guys, I'm going to be talking about the Canyon Del Shay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> My brain's fuzzy. Um, okay, so I did, I had a few other details about the canyon itself that you may have said, and I didn't hear you. I probably didn't say um, or, Yeah, or you didn't say them. So, you, you said it was a national park, right? Yes. Yeah, so it was actually established April 1st, 1931, which I thought was surprising, because I feel like that's really, like, a really early time in, oh. like, park history. Yeah, a lot of the national parks are not that old. So this is probably one of the older ones. Wait, what was the date? 1931. Okay. Yeah. I think the first national park was Niagara Falls. And it was like either right before 1900s or like right out. I think it was, I don't know. I'm probably saying something that's really wrong. Canyon, I mean, that doesn't seem like it would be very far along in the national park, like, timeline. 1931. Like that's pro that's mm-hmm. early on. Seems early in the national parks. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably one of the first ones. Yeah. Um, and Canyon Deshay. I keep want to say Del. It's Deshay. Yeah, Canyon Deshay. Deshay. Um, Duh. but it, it looks like Shelly. It does. It's it's spelled like Canyon Deshelly. Shelly. Yeah. Canyon Deshelly, but it's pronounced Canyon Deshay. Because we Cause we because we fancy up here. <laughs> we not fancy. The Mexicans are fancy. No. Yeah. Spanish Mexican Navajos are fancy. Yeah. Um Yeah, we're not fancy. So, we're not fancy. Um I beg to differ. Okay, Jackie's I'm fancy. Wearing, you can beg all you want, but you're not fancy. I'm not wearing Walmart leggings, I'm wearing Nike leggings, so come Whoa. at me. Dropping name brands. Did you buy them or did your mom get them for you? I Brandon had to ah, <laughs> there it is. There you go. The truth comes out. He forced me to buy them. <laughs> I'm really cheap. I'm sorry. Uh, who's fancy now? Frugal. It's Brandon. Yeah, who's fancy now, Jackie? Um, still wearing the leggings. <laughs> so me. Uh anyhow. So where I'm talking, uh, there's there's a rock. I, I won't go into detail with it yet, but this rock is located. There's a bunch of canyons that kind of come together. It's Canyon Del Shay, Deshay. Um, and then it was Canyon de Muerto and Canyon de Monument. And this spot where all three come together is actually one of the most visited spots in all national parks. Oh, cool. That's yeah. a fun fact. Which, a fun fact that's actually fun. Yeah. yeah as we, opposed we to like a, a dying fun fact, which is what we normally get. Yeah. Oh, this is a happy story. Oh, cool. yay. Yeah. So we don't get we, those we very often either. We so rarely uh, get these. Oh, man. I'm going more into the lore side. So, you unless didn't I'm tell us something. that we were doing a format change. Like, we should have a group meeting about this before we go all lovey happy. Before we have a, like, oh, really, yeah. really happy Sunshines and Rainbows episode. That's not what we do, Jackie. Right? We're all allowed to smile on this show. We guys. can't smile. There's no <laughs> joy, no laughter at all. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll have any fun. Um, no, sorry. I had to burp. So, um, Shay slash Chelly came <laughs> from the Spanish pronunciation of the Navajo word that means from inside the rock or pretty much just fancy way of saying canyon, which another thing... So it's called Canyon the Canyon. Canyon the Canyon. 
the Spanish named it. I don't know. <laughs> so silly Spaniards. So silly Spaniards and their names. So, canyon and canyon to canyon. <laughs> canyon of canyon is what that means. Oh, classic. It is canyon. Ooh, it is so it's like King of Canyon. Canyons. Like, yeah, it's like it's like when we t- when you talk about Jesus and you're like Jesus, the Lord of Lords. This is like mm. the Canyon of Canyons. Canyon of Canyons. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so those are some things that you hadn't mentioned. But so what I'm actually covering is spider rock. Dun dun dun. Which do 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 have that on a button. It's somewhere. I think it's called spooky. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. I'm too lazy to push it. Um so when I okay, I do not know why this story was in my head. or Bryn had the same story. Because, again, we had gone here together, too. And we were told that you look at this rock. And so it's this massive open area. And then there's a pillar of these two rocks that are kind of touching. And they go real, this jut straight up in the air. And the best way is just like a random pillar in the middle of a massive canyon. Like, that. that's it. And it's about 750 feet high. And we were both told that there is a spider woman in Native American lore who um, Native Americans would say, if you misbehave, this spider woman is going to come out, grab you, and, like, pull you into this rock. So I thought I was getting, like, a spooky spook story. And it ends up that's, like, the most opposite you could get. That (sighs) It wasn't even sort of true. Like, I don't know where it came from if it popped in. So do you know where the name spider rock comes from? Yes. Okay. So the actual story from me, a non-Native American, reading on the internet, found <laughs> that um, there's At actually... At least you're honest. I, yeah. We strive for clarity. I'm like 40% right, probably, guys. Uh, but in a lot of Native American beliefs, there is this uh, character of a spider woman... Um, and, well, especially in the southwestern portions, there's a spider woman who is this caring, loving, like, grandmother figure. Oh, and I love her. Which is weird because you wouldn't think, like, the least cuddly thing I could think of is a spider. But, but that's how it goes. And I do know Native American people, or, like, in the traditional religion, there's a lot of this mysticism of, like, power from nature and... It's literally the most beautiful thing. It really is. Native American ever religion imagine. is really pretty. Yeah. Just, like, like their love of, and when I say pretty, I mean like they, like the art that they dedicate to nature is pretty. And oh, like absolutely. It just, yeah, it and is. And if you it's think really, about yeah. like the beauty of a web that like a spider would spin, it is not hard to imagine like how somebody would look at that and see beauty and love and like crafting oh, yeah. and like creation. There was actually... I recently saw this study that somebody did um, of putting spiders on different drugs and seeing what type yes. of uh, webs they would like make. And it is so oh, I fascinating. I think I saw something about that. Yeah. Which, like, it's true because they viewed this spider woman as this beautiful, loving creature. And then now today we view f- spiders as... It's one of the biggest fears that people have is spiders. 
And it's just kind of interesting when to see that shift. In, in reality, there is only a handful of spiders that can actually hurt you. Like, yeah, they can bite you. I would you, like to go like, on record as saying I am pro spider. Steve will tell you I don't kill spiders because I dislike flying bugs far more than I dislike spiders. So if you are a spider and you're looking for a place to live this winter, you are welcome in my this home. This is a PSA in for all apartment. spiders. During the cold, cold <laughs> winter months, if you need a place to stay, please, please go find Kim. Yeah, this is a you're PSA. Welcome. I won't even charge you rent. We have to talk in spiders. Just go. Just, yeah, just, yeah. Be, uh, that's all I ask. Just be a respectful guest. Don't wake me up in the middle of the night. Don't bite please me. Please don't bite me. Yeah. yeah, and you're good. You bite me, I'm kick, I'll kick you out. I won't kill okay. you, but I'll kick you out. I will. Yeah, um, I probably won't kill you. Anyways. <laughs> anyways. So, yeah, so <laughs> off track. I mentioned a spider woman one time. Uh, spider so, woman. Spider woman. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to flip a lid. No, you're not. <laughs> you're right. I'm not. I call shenanigans. <laughs> I'm too tired. I'm just going to fall over. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there was this kind of across the Southwest, this idea and concept of this creature, but spider rock is kind of the hub of the belief. They believe that the main spider woman slash spider grandmother is here. So So it kind of shifts where you go. I have a question. Is the rock man, like, is it a naturally growing or has it been like carved? No, it's naturally growing. I I think. They said are carved. It it looks like I don't know. It looks natural. It oh yeah, it, it is a hundred percent natural. Um, but did you say carved or yeah, growing? Like well, obviously like it would be a natural it's a stone, so like it would grow out of the ground. Like that's how stones work. But like was it carved or is it just a like spire growing out of the ground? It's just a spire growing out of the ground, Neat. but it looks to me like they there have been like attempts to carve things into it. Neat. I think it's just the layer of the rock that's like that kind could of be. that could be because some of them are very symmetrical. Like some of the lines in this rock are very very symmetrical. Sometimes that's just mm-hmm. how rocks be. But, yeah. Um. But no, it, it is natural. It is a natural form thing. Yeah. Um. It's pretty cool looking. You should Google yeah, it. Yeah, you should Google it right now while we're talking. I will Google it this um, instant. But first, I'll have to turn on my Wi-Fi. Do it. Well, and and we'll try to put up a picture of it. Yeah. So everybody can see what spider rock looks like. Um, if you're too lazy to Google it. Yeah. So I'll I'll kind of switch between spider woman and spider grandmother because I kind of saw both when researching. So I'm just going to use both. Um, but yeah, this rock is believed to be the home of Holy the crap, spider it's grandmother. Huge. It yeah, is. It it's is 750 feet high. It's so, so big. It's almost level with the. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I never told you Maddie was here. <laughs> Hi, Maddie. So you were listening to us the entire time. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> um, Why? So Jackie, we have how many <laughs> listeners to listen to us the entire time? Eight. Guys, we officially have one listener. They're over there right <laughs> now. So, <laughs> Maddie is currently on the ground laughing so hard. 
I literally just saw someone shoot up from behind you. Like I didn't see them walk from the side. I, I missed saw it. See, and up. I missed it. I just saw Maddie like quickly run out of the frame, but I didn't see them like come into the frame. So to clue everyone in, my girlfriend Maddie is here staying with me for the weekend and is chilling in my room while I'm recording and has been listening to this whole thing. I just am an asshole and didn't mention that Maddie was here. Well, why would so you? So Maddie was off frame, and, and when I looked up the rock, they wanted to see it, so they rocketed up behind me and apparently <laughs> scared the shit out of Jackie. <laughs> All right. Okay. Fair enough. So, <clears throat> I just looked down and I see spider hole. <laughs> um, <laughs> what a great way to come That's back. my nickname. <laughs> what? Just. Uh, All right. Anyway, spider hole. <laughs> Four hours We're of sleep, done. guys. We're done. It's 8 p.m. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm literally trying to read and I can't. Okay. So. Mm, pretty much they believe that the spider woman could shift between woman and spider. That's what I've been trying to say. So we got time. there eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so she could kind of morph her appearance kind of in between cre- uh, spe- species fluidity. Like like a big spider, like a human size spider, like a spider or like Aragog spider, like size spider. Yeah, I think it's like a human size spider. I'd imagine. Hmm. I don't think that she would grow. So she no, like I mean, shrink. Would she shrink oh. into like a spider size spider? No, I'm I'm so sorry, but the She's only thing I could being, think huh? of was ooh, she thick. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, this is. This show has gone officially off Aren't the Aren't you glad okay. I'm Guys. back? Oh, I'm so, so glad you're back. Anyway, so she is a representation of the good in people. So she's literally the embodiment of human nature and all the good that it represents. So literally the most wholesome thing you could imagine. Aww. And she um, thick. So like not yeah. us. Yeah, not us. <laughs> um, I actually need this because I was having a little bit of an existential crisis this week and talking. Like, I just really felt like human beings are trash. Like, all, like, just human nature is trash. We're just trash. So, I, I need a little spider woman in my life. Yeah. Well, everyone needs a little spider a woman spider. in their life. And I'm not even being sarcastic. No, you're yep. probably right. Yeah. Um, it kind of makes me want to go get like a ceramic spider or something and just keep it down here in the studio so that when I'm having one of those days where I have like a depression attack and I'm mm-hmm. like, I hate the world and everyone in it, I can come down and see the spider and be like, no, we're not all bad. Yeah. All of us except Spider Woman. Yeah. Um, There's hope yet. Yeah. And so one one important thing about this is she is a female and with the Navajo... Um, faith, from what I understood, is very um, matrilineal. Mm-hmm. Where, yep. yes, and um, it almost has more of an emphasis on the feminine side of things, to where they they view the earth as a womb, and the earth is giving birth to everything, and it's giving birth to the food for us, and um, is giving birth to our home, and just. All this, it's really beautiful um, symbolism, but it's a very feminine religion, and they view the earth, and um, they're more powerful gods as female, which is kind of cool. When she's in her spider hole, um, she pretty much lives in a massive hole uh, in the ground at the base of the rock, 
And when she's a woman, she's a very good person who will try and help those who come to her. Uh, she'll often give advice to helping those who are sick or just kind of seeking help in general. Like, just wonderful. Um, and uh, so the lore of the spider rock is, so the Navajo pretty much believed that in the beginning there were two gods. And um, then I put, I put traditional monotheistic religions and I, like Catholicism and Christianity. I think I just wanted to put big words. Um, <laughs> but so they believed in two gods and Tawa was the sun god who had power over all things in the sky. And Spider Woman um, was pretty much the earth goddess who had power of everything on the earth and kind of in the underworld. Hmm. So, so she was one of the original. Of the sky. OG. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spider Woman was OG. And it wasn't like a heaven and uh, hell, like he- um, sky and below. But it, it was literally just the mystic stuff above and the mystic stuff below. Hmm. And, I'm so um, for this. Did they share the yeah. earth or the earth belonged to Spider Woman? They, they shared it. Okay. It, this was more of, um, there's a more masculine and feminine character. Gotcha. And... Um, in the so in the beginning it was just these two spirits so I think together they, they kind of created the everything gotcha. and um, so in the beginning it was just them and so they decided that they would divide themselves up to create lesser gods to help them kind of share the labor and um, the power over the world cool so they broke themselves down into smaller As less one powerful does. creatures yeah because they're freaking awesome. And um, they created, <laughs> I put the names of some of the gods. So they created a god like Muinua, god of life germs. I just thought it was funny. Um, life germs? And then, yeah. Cool. It's <laughs> M-U-I-Y-I-N-W-U-H, Muinua. And this is Which the part we I put out the uh, disclaimer that we don't actually know what we're saying and are probably going to we pronounce don't speak it wrong. Navajo. We apologize. If it is literally taking you this long to realize that we don't know what we're doing, you deserve <laughs> to think that it's pronounced Minamunamunwa. <laughs> um, and then there was another goddess, Haruzim Woody, Woody? <laughs> who's Rui Woody, the woman of hard substances. <laughs> like which booze or others no it's pretty much um like fine jewelry oh like okay gemstones. i wanted it to be like hard liquor and shit like that like i wanted this to be a party <laughs> goddess no. coke I lady is what i just i wanted to let that settle so you could figure out what hard substances were um but no fine jewels metals seashells kind of the precious substances of the got world got it i'm a, not gonna lie Little disappointed, but I still support her. Yeah, it's cool. I'm sure there's someone that is in charge of the hard booze. The um, the goddess of hard substances actually later became the lover of Tawa, the sun god. Oh. So one of the original two, and um, and and then there's many others, but those I thought were just two of the more interesting ones, and. So the goddess of what do I call it? Goddess of hard liquor or of hard goddess substances. of hard substances? Sorry, um, goddess. She of hard later liquor. to yeah. Um, she later gave birth to two twins. I'm not going to say their names, but one 
um why don't we get pronunciation the of these guys names are they romulus <laughs> and remus pook and hoya um sure. god of youth and paluna hoya uh the echo i bet you that one was born second the echo oh, it's I think one translates to the youth and the other translates to the echo. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The echo kid was probably born second. Oh, that's sad. I'm guessing. Yeah. I bet you a dollar. They're an echo of their other sibling because they're twins. And it's I bet you anything that my one. Hoya and Paluna Hoya. My edgelord brain loves this god. I absolutely adore <laughs> this god. The god of echoes. That's so cool. Mm. Yeah, and like... The, the words look cool. I wish I knew I, how to say them because I'm sure they sound awesome. Um, if you're a Native American listener, please write to us at mile13show at gmail.com and tell us how to say, how to speak also your language. Also tell us so how much we're wrong. Don't look like idiots. Yeah. Oh, too late. We, this episode. Huh. Um, so Tala this and the spider woman. how we're wrong. <laughs> that was one big thing Again. I'm wrong. Um, so Tawa and the spider woman moved along with the creation of the earth and they ended up making forms from clay and they would breathe, but not move. And when Tawa and spider woman realized these creatures was missing something, they gave them souls. Oh, neat. Yeah. Love that. So, uh, yeah. It's the most beautiful religion ever where they just sculpt it out of clay and then they just, they're alive, but then they're sitting there. And then, which this means, so all creatures have souls, which is very heavy in Native American folklore, mm-hmm. where every little thing is insanely significant. So what you're the telling me is this fly. power couple was wandering the earth, making arts and crafts, and then realized that their arts and crafts didn't have any life. So they're like, oh, fuck, we got to add souls. And then they just gave them life. Yeah. About sums it up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally down for that. I love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is my favorite part. So the way they made man and woman is they sang them to life. <gasps> I love that. You weren't yeah. kidding about how precious the story would be. It's beautiful. I That's why I was freaking the crap out when we were texting. I'm like, guys, <laughs> like tangent after freaking tangent. Um, but no, they, they sang the human race to life. And um, after this, the spider woman separated the creatures into tribes and led them through the four great caverns. What are the four great caverns? Oh, good question, guys. Hey, Jackie, what Um, are the four great caverns? Let me tell you. (laughs) Um, So the spider woman guided the people that she had created um, to the four uh, great caverns of the underworld, which, again, is kind of her domain. And... In this, she acts as kind of the good spirit to guide them from the first world uh, to help them transform, letting them become kind of more human as they go on. So they sing man and woman to life. And then she kind of takes them on this journey, but with these four worlds to become more and more human kind of in each step. Hmm. So she's guiding them into humanity pretty That's much. Awesome. Where's that movie? And I want to see that. Yeah. Like, in the different worlds, they learn different tasks. So through the third world, the creatures began to learn how to work with their hands. 
And so this gave them the ability to kind of build, sculpt things with clay, weave. Um, make houses on the side of a mountain. Yeah, make houses in BD. It's um, fine. We just learn it in like the third world. It's not that big <laughs> of a deal. Yeah. And we still have another world left. But um, no, so as the humans began to do this and become more autonomous, and Spider-Woman was leading them through, they began to turn away from Tawa. So Tawa was starting to kind of get a little jealous. Um, when the Spider-Woman came to the people in the third world that... Oh, wait. Spider-Woman... Oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. <laughs> so the Spider-Woman came to the people in the third world that had remained faithful, and with the help of um, Pook and Ahoya, the youth... Uh, the spider woman was successful in leading the creatures to their fourth and final world. And when this happened, they actually left the underworld and they came out at the upper world. Um, and this is called the Pisisabaya, which is the Colorado River, which is where the Pueblo mm, were. The Hopi. The Hopi. Well, the so Pueblo and they became the, the fourth Hopi. world's our world. Yes. Got it. At the Colorado River. Yeah. That is um, accessible through a river. Yes. Neat. I love it. So, yeah. So she led the people that were faithful out, and they came out to the Colorado River, which is where they were kind of established for a while. And um, this was kind of the center of everything, because at the Colorado River, there's a lot of salt deposits. Hmm. So the people would go there to kind of, this was their space to get water and salt and sustenance. And this was kind of a just a massive part of this group of people. And um, this became a permanent place of the Navajo where the people were instructed on the roles of like the man and woman as well as the religious practices. She had told them where to follow, where to travel, and just kind of gave them advice on how to be human because they had traveled through these four worlds successfully and they are now them and kind of free to do. So, yeah. Um, and then the spider grandmother also helped people create the sun and the moon. And I didn't... Oh, people created the sun and the moon? I guess so. I didn't write any more bullets. Interesting. Um, Just, hmm. yeah, sure. <laughs> Apparently. Take credit for that? I don't remember Just that. Gonna take, go um, ahead and take credit for that. Uh, yeah, no, definitely we made the sun and the moon. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, um, everyone. Uh, but that's that's pretty much the story of it. And it's so beautiful. Um, it is a really pretty story. I like it. Yeah, and so if you're visiting today, so you're able to visit the canyon, and you can actually camp along the ridge. And there's a you can do like a three-mile self-guided hike. And when you go on this path, you can see the Anasazi ruins. And can you like if you want to go them, there, you or are they too dangerous to go into? The ones I saw, I don't even know how you, you can begin to access because yeah. it was a cliff face. So I'm not. There was no steps leading up when I had gone mm. to see them. Like it was flat, and then just somehow a city. Because I would like, love to explore those ruins. Island. That'd be so much fun. Yeah, a lot of. Et- and like I mentioned, Massacre Cave. Massacre Cave, you can see, but I don't think that you can access it. Mm. Um, so a lot of it, and a lot of it is because this is the ancestral homeland of the people. True, that still true. Live you there. do want to be and respectful. So they want to preserve it, and they don't want tourists like 
Instagrammers. So if you go and you want to camp, you can actually buy, well, rent out a Hogan. What's a Hogan? That is a traditional Navajo house. And oh. it's um, it's eight-sided. Oh, like and a yurt, sort of? Kind of, yeah. Okay, um, with eight sides. But it's eight yeah, and there's there's something about it that holds significance um, traditionally. I don't really remember what it is. Is it because spiders have eight legs? Well, I think it's unrelated to oh, the spider really? thing. Huh. Yeah, it was just... I do know the Navajo have a thing for the number four. Like, four is like there's Like, how in Christianity, like, three is the sacred number, like mm-hmm. the Trinity. For the Navajo, it's four. Like, four is like their sacred number. Hmm. So, it could have something to do with that, the fact I mean, that, that eight is like a factor you know of four. What? I I think you're actually right because then there's four different like directions. It could be because their their sacred their sacred number is four. I, I do remember seeing that somewhere. It had something to do with that, but you can rent out and it's the Hogans that you can stay in are handmade oh, from wow. the local area. Cool. I mean, what they're are not they made of. Are they like stone or mm. clay? Oh, I don't remember. Or are they like a woven thing? I mean, are they hard or are they like a woven thing? I think they're hard. It's either like a stone or a clay. Interesting. That's or cool. A, a wood. It's a solid surface. I've been in one. But I mean, that was four or five years ago. Um, That's really neat. But there's also a grandmother trail that is eight miles. And if you hike on that, you use the footholds that are carved in from... The Anasazi. Oh, wow. Like original footholds to get. I want to go to this. Yeah. I really want. Not what I thought it would be. When you said grandmother trail, I figured it was like a nice, sweet little nature walk that you could go on. Nope. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Oh. No, I mean, it's intense, but it's dope. But if you go to this area, you can walk up to, if you can walk up to it, like physically then you can touch whatever you want. Like, there's no, it's not, there's no guardrails. You can walk inside, touch things that are thousands of years old. It's And the Navajo people don't mind you, like, traipsing all over their land? I mean, if you're respectful. um, Don't tell me this shit, because, like, I would be respectful, absolutely. But when you say, if I can get there, I'm gonna get there. One way or another... Casper's well, going to get there and Casper's going to touch that rock. <sighs> yeah. Well, like there's areas that people aren't allowed that aren't sure. Navajo. But when we like when we had walked down to the Canyon del Shea, that was an original path to get down there. And there was coves where people would go in there to take breaks from the sun. Um, the, it was carved out of the like the cliff face. So you would go through and these mm. were like super super old paths so and like when you're going through you can touch whatever you want right um so i mean if you're respectful a lot of stuff's not like blocked off for you gotcha and i just didn't know from like from you like working there and hanging out with the navajo nation like Mm -hmm. are they welcoming do they want you to come and explore the canyon and like visit Um, their ancestral places or they learn their culture and like their ways and whatnot or do they not want us yeah or do they kind of want to be like this is our stuff you already booted us off the land once how about you just leave us alone so when we had gone if you're along kind of the outside of the reservation there's obviously there's more white people so they're kind of cool um 
there's still a tension. Like the family that we stayed with were white and they had said like living on the border of the reservation, there's definitely some racism, not uh, justified. Um, they did racist like the white people are racist against the Navajo or the Navajo are the Navajo are are more standoffish. Leave us alone. White people. Uh, leave us alone, white people. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I mean, I bitter. totally not, understand not it. Not racist, bitter. Bitter. There's a lot of bitterness. 150 years just really to be fair, not that long. Justified bitterness. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we we're talking like one, one to two generations here. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not. Th- this is these people's grandparents or great grandparents that went through. Yes. This. So. Um. So there, there, there is still very much tension and bitterness, kind of. Towards white people on the reservation, but like we went down there, we went to the base of the canyon and we had gone up to the booths, talked to them, we'd bought some jewelry. I had um, some friends on the reservation made me some necklaces. Oh, that's so cool. So it's not, I tried to make them some, they didn't turn out well. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, there, there are some people open, just kind of with anything. Oh, yeah. There's a always going to be A lot of people are open, but there's still a lot of hurt people. Understandable. Um, but you can visit. And honestly, it's such a poor area that they tourism is kind of their only thing. Sure. Yeah. So Unfortunately, they are but open sure. in that way. Yeah. Because that's they want how, you, how yeah. they're going to survive. Please come and spend your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, the white people coming by hokey things? Okay. <laughs> like, right. Sure, yeah. Come um, by this hokey shit. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm, yeah, so it, it's a weird dynamic out there. But, um, yeah, you, you, you're you more than welcome to go visit it. There's a lot of stuff in that area. Like, there's the Little Painted Desert. Um, the ruins that I was at, aside from the White House, you could – there was this hole in the ground that – um. This is so cool, but pretty much there the there's a hole, and it went into the ground. Is it and a it was spider very, hole? Very, very. No, <sighs> it's this is a different area. I'm sorry. So I I was kind of all over the place in the in this over area. these 16 million acres. <laughs> yeah, weird. And within like a half hour. Weird that you would be a little um, all over the place over 1600 years. <laughs> right. You know how I be. Um, and on four hours of but sleep. But there's this hole. Huh? I I said and on four hours of sleep. No. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm gonna listen to this and be like, you're making no sense. But so there's a hole, and this used to be. Well, no, I'm just thinking because I remember hearing that it used to be they believed that there was a god in the ground because it was cold in the ground and it's a desert, so it's super hot. So you can stick your hand over, and the cold air is rushing out, oh. and you hear. It sounds like people and like groaning inside this mm. hole because it's just like the air circulation yeah. moving because it's rushing out. Interesting. Um, but there's so much to do out there, and I I personally didn't experience anything bad with um people like seeing a white girl out there. That's um, good. But good. Ten out of ten would recommend. It's a pretty cool area. Awesome. Well, I will be in uh, Arizona. I think next year. I don't know what part of Arizona though. Oh. But maybe we could take a tr- I don't know. Maybe. I think it's it's in the northeastern part and um 
Uh, we got there by plane, so we got we went to Flagstaff and then flew like an hour north. I think that's the part of. I think we'll be in Flagstaff if I'm oh, not really? mistaken. So we won't be too terribly far. I mean, I I like would a day's there. drive. Yeah. So. Also, I want you guys to know that in the process, when I mentioned the goddess of hard substances, Maddie drew it. Maddie drew it. Whoa. Maddie, shut up. Did I also mention that Maddie's a very, very talented artist? Clearly. Anyways. I hate them so much. Rock on. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Should we end the show? Probably. Yeah. Anyways, we will be back next week to continue talking about this. Uh, Jackie and I will talk about stuff and hopefully talk about some spooky things. Although this was a nice episode. This was a nice. This is a we nice. We needed a happy one. We, I mean, I apart from all the like, like our first ever happy episode. Apart from all the like horrific bloodshed and like mistreatment of the Native American culture and everything. Like apart from that, it was a lovely episode. It was brief. Oh, that's true. I mean, I tried to keep it brief. We started real low and just went up. We though. started yeah. real low, but we brought it back. There yeah. we go. Bring it back in. All right. If you've ever been to Canyon, Canyon Deshay and you would like to send us pictures or if you want to tell stories or if you're a member of the Navajo Nation and want to chew us out, please write to us at mile13show at gmail.com. That's mile13show at gmail.com. Check us out on the Facebook, on the Instagram not on the Twitter because we're not cool and we don't believe in politics. Yeah. So <laughs> just the Facebook and the Instagram and the Gmail. That's all I got. Yeah. All right. So tune in again next time. I'm going to take a nap. Yeah. Bye. Bye.